You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Second to last, Ben, but he's about to get out now and sit outside the leader park. Bark on the inside, then simply Sam Hooray Henry, All-American lover. And cause I can, off the back they come. And it's Old Town Road, three quarters of cooters right there ready to challenge. Bark for the HR Fiskin passing lane. Don't stop dreaming. 1-1, one, one, back straight quarter, 28.7. Further back is simply Sam and cause I can. Top of the lane for the Franklin Cup of 2023. And the leader, Old Town Road. Akuta's a half a length away. Then Bark, don't stop dreaming. Old Town Road, Akuta's called on. Don't stop dreaming. The three-year-old hitting the hopple strongly. Old Town Road, don't stop dreaming. And Hurley, though, don't stop dreaming. And this fantastic three-year-old, he'll drive away for the Franklin Cup. Don't stop dreaming. We'll beat Old Town Road, Akuta third. Then Bark, simply Sam, because I can. Yes, that was the feature there, New Year's. Eve in New Zealand over the long trip. Uh, the Group 2, by the way, the Franklin Cup, uh, 2,700 metres. Akuta was sent out favourite. He stepped nicely, ended up working, uh, working into the death seat. Very wet conditions as well, and he battled on solidly there over the closing stages. But all about the stable mate, Tony Hurler, he drove for Mark and uh, Nathan Purton. Don't stop dreaming. He's a three-year-old with this wonderful record. He had 16 starts for 12 wins and three placings. A lovely run on the back of Akuta there. Um, basically the, the last lap or so won one and sprinted brilliantly in the home straight. I think they're still pushing ahead with plans to take Akuta to Victoria. Um, he's never left New Zealand, uh, but we know he's he's got a terrific record and we might see him in the Victoria Cup. Uh, Akuta uh, taking on the likes of, oh, sorry, the, Le- the Hunter Cup, Feb 3. He gets the like to leap to fame and co. Uh, we'll wait and see with Akuta. But don't tro- stop dreaming. Is in for obviously a wonderful uh, 2024. Looking at that from New Zealand last week. I thought I'd catch up with Brad Steele, the chairman of Albion Park, just to reflect on Inter Dominion night a few weeks ago. And we've played, replayed Leap to Fame's final, Inter Dominion final win and also Just Believe in the Trotters. But let's pick up the cl- consolation. Then Brad Steele will join us from Albion Park. McCarthy with the favourite, can't find a better man, draws alongside of Black Sedans, who's in for the fight, but the favourite, the Great White Blaze, the son of the Great White Blaze, draws off and he'll take it, can't find a better man, can't find... Yeah, that was the Inner Dominion consolation, Belinda and Luke McCarthy started $1.35, that was actually race four on the night, so we're talking about the 16th of December, it was Inner Dominion final night at the creek, and it's not the last time... We're going to see the Inner Dominion run at Albion Park before the doors close. And Brad Steele, the chairman, is with us. How are you, Brad? Thanks for coming on Mobile Rolling. Great, Steve. Great to be talking to you. Now, what's uh, always like to reflect and get your thoughts and your feedback? What's the, What was the wash-up there of finals night at Albion Park on the 16th of last month? Yeah, great question, Steve. I think definitely more than a pass mark uh, for the Inner Dominion for, for Brisbane. First time we've hosted it since, uh, since 2001, so it's probably fair to say we're all a little bit rusty Rusty at putting that sort of event on, but I think generally speaking, it was a, it's more than a pass mark across many of the of the measurements we had. You know, the crowd was fantastic. The wagering's been extremely strong. Uh, all the food and beverage sales have been very strong, and importantly, the feedback that we're getting from the patrons on the track on the night and subsequent around the experience that they had uh, really just made it all all that much uh, uh, better for us, Steve. So I think 
all in all, uh, a really strong pass mark and something we continue to work on for the future. Mm. And how blessed were we, really, to have the best trotter mm. in Australia and the best pacer in Australia winning on the night and both quite brilliant leap to fame and just believe. Yeah, I think we had the best of the available horses uh, racing for the Dominion and Just Believe just come back from you know, a trip to Europe where I think many say now he's in the top 10 trotters in the world uh, and we, we had him there winning uh, back-to-back uh, Inter-Dominion finals and of course Leap to Fame who many also say is probably the best pacer going around at the moment as well so we we're quite blessed to have them both on the same program. Yeah, Kevin Seymour, I mean, he's been in harness racing for over 40 years, close to 50 years, basically. He was brought to tears there by Leap to Fame. And even that story is extraordinary that he suffered, you know, basically had some major heart problems and had to be rushed into surgery just prior to the horse winning the final. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, Kevin was obviously thinking about his his health and and wanting to be there for, for the final, and that was under some some serious threat. So he was extremely emotional, um, and I think that in itself is wonderful to see that, you know, how much it meant uh, for Kevin, um, not just winning it at Dominion, but winning it at his home state. I think that meant a hell of a lot uh, to Kevin, and Kevin's quite a resilient uh, a chap, and uh, and it meant a hell of a lot to him, and, uh, and of course, you know, his uh, his wife Kay as well, and he was also... Um, Ably assisted on the on the night by his grandson and his daughter too, uh, who who attended the meeting, which uh, made it special for Kevin and Kay. Yeah, of course the horses uh, trained in that um, you know tambourine area, which has been inundated with very heavy rain, uh, and I know that there's other participants that have been affected as well. So we've just have you spoken to anyone that's been affected because you're offering up some stable accommodation, there emergency stables for those that may need it at Albion Park, Brad. Yeah, Steve, the club would like to take a bit of a leadership role. Here and we certainly have been in regular contact with uh, with participants down around that sort of tambourine Logan area. That seems to be where the worst uh, impact has been, and potentially it may get a little bit worse. So we've been keeping an eye on the participants down there just to see where they're at in terms of their own safety and also the safety of their horses. And of course, you know, leap to fame's down that in that area that's been uh, heavily impacted as well. So. Um, having learnt from you know our experience with the flooding of Albion Park a couple of years ago, uh, we wanted to take some steps early, and we've got 28 stables uh, that were built on uh, the course last year, particularly to help uh, interstate and inter- international horses coming over for our winter carnivals. But they're currently vacant, so we're going to make them uh, ready for horses now. That if uh, if uh, trainers get stuck and they need to relocate their horses, we'll make those 28 stables uh, available to them. Uh, so they can continue to to uh, to train their horses, and through all this, the one of the impacts uh, that we will have is you'll continue to see smaller smaller fields because of trainers not being able to work their horses and and obviously race their horses. So by having those uh, stables on track, it will allow trainers to continue to race their horses and earn um, earn a living as well. Brad, when will racing finish at Albion Park? Uh, in terms of uh, the the infrastructure changes, yeah. Well, I was just wondering, you, you know, that we might see another Inter Dominion series run. Ideally, if you you know you would like to mm. see it during the winter period, was that 2026? Yeah, it is, Steve. So um, Queensland have the hosting rights for the Inter Dominion for 26 and 29, and yeah, I, I certainly believe that uh, the Inter Dominion should be held earlier in the year, particularly around that winter carnival time frame, uh, because at the moment I think it's probably more of an, a Dominion than an Inter Dominion. Um, as you would have seen, we don't have many Kiwis making the trip across, and I think putting it back to that earlier time slot uh, around that winter time, we will definitely get it more of an Inter-Dominion flavour uh, and get more of the Kiwis across. And I think 
you know, given all the uncertainty around infrastructure, my view would be we absolutely should be advocating to have ended dominion with a 2026 and then, you know, potentially same for 2029, Steve. So when do you think it'll finish as, as a harness venue before the government takes it over to prepare it for the Olympics, right? Yeah, well, look, uh, pardon the pun, but I think there's probably still a fair bit of water going to the bridge, so to speak, uh, with that, Steve. But look, um, my last advice was that it was always going to be an orderly exit from the creek uh, around October 2026. Um, so uh, that's sort of where it's at from a club a club perspective, but obviously there's still lots of um, negotiations being had between Racing Queensland and the state government around um, the conversion of Albion Park to an Olympics infrastructure. And we know that the current Queensland government uh, are doing a full review on all Olympics infrastructure. They are, may including the Gabba. Impacts. Yeah, so that may or may not have impacts uh, for, for Albion Park and for harness racing as well, depending on what those those findings are. Yes, and we could have a change of government potentially as well next year or this year. Yeah, I think it's uh, this this year. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty out there, Stephen. As we can see with these weather events, just throws even more uncertainty around, you know, the future of of infrastructure as well. So. Um, whilst I think we've got a bit of a flight pan there in terms of the future of Albion Park and potentially Norwell, um, you know, in this environment, things are certainly subject to change. Have you been to the Norwell site and had a look in recent times? Yeah, I have, Steve. I've been down there a couple of times. I probably haven't been down there in the last few months, but um, I went and had a look at that site, you know, quite uh, quite some time ago and probably about eight months ago was my last time that I, I went down and had a bit of a look. And what's your overall opinion of where it where it is located there? Basically, you know, you turn off halfway between Brisbane and the Gold Coast to get to it. Mm, yeah, look, I, I think there's probably um, pluses and minuses for, for that site. Um, I think whenever you're trying to find, say, up to 100 hectares for, for a racing site, it's always going to be problematic in terms of, you know, where you could find such available space. And I think based on the sites that were available, that would suit the size that we require. That was probably one of the better better options, but um, uh, we also uh, looked at, you know, a whole raft of other sites uh, as well, and it's probably fair to say quite a number of those sites, you know, were subject to, to, to some flooding. Yeah, all right, so we'll just wait and see. I know they're asking for any, um, you know, any uh, opposition to the, 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 the particular site at this stage. Uh, have you heard anything in that regard? or Nothing that I've heard, Steve, but that's a standard sort of process that that they work through yep. uh, when you're looking to, to make changes is to, to take objections from, from anyone that uh, doesn't uh, think it's the right thing to do and that obviously would be taken into uh, into consideration. Um, so uh, that's probably in the hands of the of the government and Racing Queensland infrastructure team at the moment. It'll be a similar size to Albion Park, one at the track? Uh, it could be, or it could be. If I had my, my way, Steve, I, I'd probably make it a bit bigger. I think up to 1,200 is probably probably a better option uh, to go um, but obviously there's consensus there that a thousand metres uh, works as well um, but I'd contend if you're just building a thousand metre track we should just stay at Albion Park. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry well, Brad, just getting news lit. through Reed today's meeting it's just been called off there at the creek as well with this weather that you just touched on just the official yeah. word. Yeah, look, and that was always a, a risk to you from a number of perspectives. One is if we had torrential rain, the track would normally handle that, but it's the constant, persistent rain that doesn't help us at all. And there's also, I think, a view there that some of our participants, whilst they might be able to get to the races, um, there could be a challenge then on, uh, on them actually making it back home. So I think that would also have been taken into consideration. 
All right, so it sounds like, um, well, interesting times ahead. Reggie Albion Park, we could be there longer than we think. Who knows? Yeah, well, I think all the options are still uh, are still there, Stephen. As I said, we've got a number of variables now that have, that have come into play that uh, we're just going to have to um, see what decisions are made by by the state government and, and racing Queensland. I guess everything is still still on the on the table, so to speak. Of course, we just saw a slot race with the Gallops, didn't we, yesterday with Rothfire winning. We've got another one coming up, of course, later this year at Rockhampton, which is the Archer. Now, in regards to harness racing, tell me about this proto-star for the younger horses as a part of the Constellations at Albion Park this year. Yeah, Steve, it's a new race for the Constellations uh, Carnival this year. It's a new 200, uh, two-year-old 500,000 slot race. Um, so there's uh, 10 slots. They're 30,000 uh, per slot, uh, and I know that the applications for those slots have already closed, and they're way oversubscribed. So, uh, which is you know uh, a great a great sign. Uh, it'll be an open two-hour race over the 16, 16 metres, and it's the first time it'll be held uh, at the creek. Um, and you know, half a million dollars. It's a significant uh, race and a brand new race for for our Constellations Carnival. I think that would now take the Constellations Carnival way way over the three and a half million dollars in prize money. What sort of dates are we looking at in 2024? Steve, the the, um, the two-year-old protestar will be on the Blacks of Fake Night, so that'll be the 27th of July, 2024. That's when that race is, is programmed, so that will be an absolute bumper uh, bumper race meeting. It will indeed, and of course, Leap to Fame, just back to him, there's a chance he might run at Albion Park prior to going off to the Hunter Cup on Feb 3. Yeah, I think, uh, I think where they possibly can, uh, they would love to to have uh, Leap to Fame, the freak from the creek, uh, go around at Albion Park again. And, and uh, I'm sure that um, Connections are carefully plotting the right pathway forward there, but we'd certainly love to see him, see him back there. In fact, uh, I think one of the little jobs that the creek's going to uh, endeavour to do is maybe put together some Leap to Fame merchandise for uh, for um, purchase uh, uh, by the broader population as uh, as he goes and races uh, interstate and, and in New Zealand. I was going to ask you about the beer sales with the Leap to Fame beer as well. I've got a couple of cans of it. I just haven't opened and tasted it yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, look, um, some discerning drinkers probably rated it a 6 out of 10. Others thought it just tasted like beer and, and they enjoyed it. But um, I think we've probably sold 90% of, of the stock, Steve. Um, I know uh, Kevin Seymour uh, made a very large purchase and also spent a fair bit on the night in the Dominion Grand Final as well, shouting, uh, shouting the bar, and we cleaned out quite a fair bit of the stock. But... A lot of people are certainly keeping it for, uh, for for a souvenir, that's for sure, but they're generally getting two cans, drinking one and keeping the other for later on. Yeah, well, it looks uh, ideal, doesn't it, for him, as we talked about, with some of these, you know, these top liners even in the country, you know, uh, with the Hunter mm. Cup Feb 3, Miracle Mile in March, and then you've got some of them might go to that race by Greens in New Zealand, April 12. I know they leap to fame, they're looking at it. And, of course, you've got the slop race in uh, Perth as well in April, the Nullarbor, and then they've all mm. got time to have a bit of a freshen up or come back for the carnival, the constellation. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, um, if all things go fair and equal for Leap to Fame, uh, and we certainly hope they do, he, he certainly could become uh, the wealthiest uh, harness racing horse in history um, on the current trajectory. Yeah, uh, who's got we, the record at the moment? I reckon Blacks of Fake would have to be pretty close to Steve. I think he won over $4 million. Uh, four, towards that four and a half million dollars in in prize money, and when you think about it, that's quite some time ago now. What a what a great feat that is! But you know, I think with the uh, advent of the Eureka and other major races, and the fact that Leap to Fame is only a four-year-old, um, potentially he could race for who knows how many more how many more seasons. Um, 
and uh, so yeah, his bankroll could be could be quite significant by the time that he retires and heads off to stud. Yeah, full, just over 4.5. Man, I'm just looking at his record. It's quite extraordinary, isn't it? It's just 105 starts, 72 wins, and 24 placings. Uh, Black's a fake. He's got his own Wikipedia page. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, I, I, I ne- when our um, uh, Savancelot won three in a Dominion, I thought I'll never see a horse that'll win more, and I did. Uh, Black's a fake won four, and I think he won second on two other occasions. So, um, you know, just an unbelievable feat and, you know, a great credit to Natalie Rasmussen who trained and drove uh, Blacks of Faith. But as I said, given that that has took place quite some years ago now, it just gives it more merit that he's won, you know, such a significant amount of, uh, of prize money. Uh, and it's Queensland bred. Yeah, and has the new CEO settled in there? Of course, uh, he, um, he was employed, wasn't he? Uh, was that about mm. oh, late 2023, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been there four months, uh, Steve. It's been that Rutherford. long, has it? Yeah. Mr Rutherford. So four months, yeah. It's uh, flown very quickly for him and he loves the challenge. So, uh, um, you know, he worked on uh, in collaboratively with uh, Racing Queensland, the Inner Dominion, and now he's working on the Sunshine Stars yearling sale in February and then straight into the Constellations Winter Carnival uh, in July. So uh, Ken's done a great job since we brought him on board and and clearly, you know, he's, uh, he's looking to hit a few more sixes for the creek. <laughs> over the next period of time. And uh, we're also starting to see a couple of his uh, former cricketing colleagues starting to make their way down the track. I'm sure I saw Jeff Thompson there uh, recently uh, floating around having a coffee with Ken as well. And it would be amazing if you could get some high-profile participants involved in in harness racing. Um, you know, even there's a couple of well-known rugby league players that Chris has had on the show I- involved as well, you know, because it just it gets other people talking, doesn't it? You know, um, and it's just got such a huge following, some of those other sports. It does. Um, Stephen, look, I've seen a few uh, of the Brisbane Lions players uh, pop in and out uh, every now and then as well. So uh, it is starting to spread a little bit and there are a couple more cricketers. Uh, I know um, Tank Barsby, uh, former great uh, Queensland cricketer. He's uh, he's an avid harness racing person. He's got interest and he's at the track uh, quite regularly uh, as well. Yeah, Jared Croker, of course, was a guest with Chris a few months ago as well. He's He was a regular there at some of those feature meetings. Yes, he is, yeah. Very passionate about his uh, his harness racing and a pretty good judge as well. A lot of his horses uh, with uh, with the Hewitts down in, in New South Wales. It'd be great to to see a few more of them race up here. He's got a horse with Shane Graham, of course, that uh, raced with some success as well. Um, and in his retirement, hopefully we might see a bit more of him uh, at the track. Yeah, I think I've got um, Blacks of Fakes a number of starts out by a fair bit as well. I don't think he had that many starts. I don't know what, what that page has got the information. There's not quite right, I don't think. But anyway, I'll clarify that in a minute. Sorry, Brad, what were you going to say? No, no, I was going to say there's also, uh, I don't know if um, people might be aware, but there's a, there's an Australian actor, and I know he used to live in Margate many years ago, and he was a regular uh, discreet visitor to Redcliffe uh, McGuinness. I think he stars in... NCIS Sydney at the moment. I know he's also an avid uh, harness racing uh, goer as well. I haven't seen him at the track for some time, but you never know once his commitments with NCIS is finished, we might see him at the track as well. William McGuinness. William McGuinness is is the chap and also, Steve, back in the day I know uh, one of the uh, uh, singers from Savage Garden, his father lived at Sandgate and uh, he used to pop into the Redcliffe Paceway uh, every now and then as well. So you just never know who, who pops in and out of our paceways these days. Yeah, their story's quite remarkable. I know it's been well told, but they sort of spent a lot of their life at uh, in the Logan area of Brisbane, um, didn't they? Uh, not not that far, well, on, on your way to the, the new proposed new site there at Norwell. 
Exactly right, yes. Mm. As I said, uh, it's amazing that, you know, how we can draw people in, into our sport. We just like to draw them uh, in more often, I guess. Love it to talk to you. Thanks for bringing us an update. And uh, we'll just continue to watch this space in regards to, to Albion Park and its future. But at this stage, it sounds like ID um, 26 will be a very exciting time, particularly with that New Zealand interest as well. I think if they try it my way, Steve, that's exactly the way we'll be going. Well, you normally get your way from what I'm told. Well, I try. <laughs> we, do it. we do our best. Thanks for coming on, Brad. Good on you, Steve. Yeah, there is Brad Steele, the chairman of Albion Park, just bringing us the latest there. So a lot of things to look forward to.